It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mates mate's mode. The better way to chat, share, and bet this spring racing carnival. T's and C's apply and available on the website. Call 1-800-858-858. And they're going to rub it in by playing possession footy. They're going to play it back, back to, the, to the slow gardener. Take all the time you want, Darcy. He goes short to Andrews. Chris Fagan can't believe it. He shakes the hands. And the siren sounds a most extraordinary win. An unforgettable night. Vegas, but the old Fitzroy supporters will be celebrating, and I reckon there may have been a few of them uh, last night there at the MCG. Well done to the Brisbane Lions, uh, victorious last night, and straight into the preliminary final take on Geelong next week. 14 goals, 892 to 11, 13, 79. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the all new Ladbrokes Lounge, Ladbrokes Mates Mode. Ladbroke it together this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Peter Vlahos with you. And joining me, former Hockey Roos. You played over 200 uh, matches for the Hockey Roos at Commonwealth Games and Olympic Games level. And now, of course, uh, very well entrenched in uh, Perth media as a sports reporter come presenter at Network 10 here in Perth. Ashley Nelson, good morning to you. Peter Vlahos, hello to you. Happy to discuss this, but is this the best AFL final series that we are witnessing at the moment? Last night, I was stationed between two Demons fans, <laughs> and I realised that I think I'm a bit of a Closet Lions fan. I, didn't, I went in impartial. And then by the end of it, I was screaming at the top of my lungs for the Lions to get through. So I was so satisfied by the end of the night. Nothing better than seeing a few mm. Demons fans demised as well. There was a lot of wine drunk, I have to admit. Yeah. Now, what I like about it, and uh, answer your question, yeah, I can't recall a final series to be as as exciting and captivating as this has been because of the unpredictability of it all. I think when there's unpredictability, then it gets people quite excited. People this morning that I caught up were wondering if Brisbane did what they did against Melbourne last night, could Fremantle possibly do what people don't expect them to do for the most part, beat Collingwood later this evening at the MCG in front of 90,000 people? I like it, Ash. I think it's been a great final series. And it was interesting, I th and the reason I said Fitzroy, I know a couple of mates that are older than you and were around and big supporters of the Fitzroy Lions. Yes, yes. Before they, of course, got, uh, basically they merged with Brisbane because they wanted a team up there in the Queensland capital. And last night I got two texts last night, mm. go Fitzroy. <laughs> from these two guys. Why not? So all of a sudden they're feeling, and that's why I said in the intro, I reckon there would have been a lot of old, established Fitzroy supporters 
in Melbourne, still living in Melbourne, that would have gone last night because they still wear the Fitzroy Lions on their chest there in their Guernsey. And I think they would have been pretty proud to see what transpired. And I said actually to Kim Hagdorn, who joins me on my drive program on a Thursday, everyone talks about the MCG hoodoo. Mm. There's one thing about hoodoos. They eventually get broken. Yes. And everybody was talking about their inability to win at the MCG since 2014. And I reckon the more you talk about it, the greater chance it is that it'll be flipped on its head. And that's what happened last night. Yeah, fabulous effort by the Brisbane Lions last night. And it was interesting listening to Chris Fagan after uh, the game. And he was just saying that there was that belief. Yes, there was the hoodoo there. Yes, they hadn't performed well, particularly against the Demons this year. It, despite the MCG hoodoo, they actually hadn't played well against the Melbourne Demons. So to be able to go away from that, to learn from it, to go, uh, I think it was 22 points down at half time and be able to flip the script. Um, there was a lot made about Jared Berry heading on to Clayton Oliver, which was a masterstroke as far as coaching is concerned. And really, that was essential for the, the Brisbane Lions to get back into the game. But we're sort of seeing these major comebacks in the final series. And that's why I'm saying that it's the best AFL final series that I've witnessed. Mm. We saw... Fremantle Dockers being able to come back from the Western Bulldogs. We've now seen the Lions being able to come back against the Melbourne Demons. These exciting finishes, it was what makes AFL football fantastic. And I think that AFL would be loving life at the moment in terms of just having people, whether or not you support the Demons or Lions last night, that was an excellent game of football to watch. And the entertainment values there. Footy's back, baby. Enjoyed every moment of it. And, um, no, I, I'm glad that the Lions came away with a win because it is a national competition as well. So it's keeping all all the states interested. We've got Fremantle from WA, a couple of Victorian teams in there, Geelong's in there. I mean, they don't probably like to be associated with Melbourne, but they're, they're in there. Lions, Sydney, you know, you can't ride it better. The whole... Uh, nation is encapsulated by this final series. Yeah, no, good call, Ash. And, of course, there was a couple of little uh, subplots to it all. Uh, Lincoln McCarthy appeared to mock Harrison Petty for crying mm. in last night's game. Uh, what happened is during the first half, the Demons defender came together after McCarthy had failed to take a one-handed attempt at a mark while running back with a fly to the ball. Petty let him know about it, prompting the former cat to rub his eye with what was seen to be as a direct shot at uh, tears shed after, of course, Petty uh, got that verbal personal sledge from Dane Zorko the last time the two sides met. McCarthy, absolute rubbish. At that stage, if you had seen how he was playing, to have the gall to turn around and rub your eyes and direct that at Petty, I'm like, mate, you better get on your horse and actually yeah. do something because at that stage, that was a huge call to make and, you know, he's probably come away with the win and probably laughing now but at that moment in time, I kind of went, you actually look like a bit of an idiot doing that. Yeah, you're on the Ladbrokes Lounge with uh, Ash Nelson and Peter Vlahos and of course you can join us already. Zero Four eight seven seven three six seven three six. wherever you may be listening on SEN 657 in Perth, SEN 621 AM in Bunbury in the southwest. In the goldfields, Norman, the team up there at SEN 1611 on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel or wherever you may be around Australia, around the world for that matter on the SEN WA app. And uh, hey, Ash, 
miss you on the SEN Breakfast Show, by the way, but knowing you're being a diehard Eagles <laughs> supporter, you'll be barracking for Fremantle tonight. Calm the Dockers. Anson. Absolutely. Is Anson, Anson a mate of yours? No, I, I, sh- I don't know if I've met well, Anson Well, there you before, go. You've got a fan Anson. club out there. Hey, good call, Anson. I will be barracking for the Dockers, hands but down But you're a big tonight. Eagles fan, aren't you? I'm an Eagles fan. I have been since birth. I went at 1992 grand final at the MCG, slept the whole way through it, cried on the MCG. <laughs> but I'm still an Eagles fan. But the Fremantle Dockers, what I love about them is just uh, the way that they invested in the community, the way that they treat their fans. Um, caught up with Lockie Schultz the other day, had a sit-down interview with him. Just a fascinating bloke. I've got a lot of respect for Justin Longmuir. So from building those uh, relationships and that rapport with a lot of the players uh, and the staff members, I have a lot of respect for the Fremantle Dockers and I think it's their time. I know a lot of people say "Mm, maybe in a year or two they might not just be there yet. I think the Fremantle Dockers, should they win against Collingwood, they give themselves every opportunity. Collingwood, for me, is a danger game. I think that they've got similar styles in terms of the ability to move the ball, the ball speed, which is a little bit of a concern um, when we're looking at the Fremantle Dockers. Mm. Craig McRae, in fact, said this about Fremantle uh, a couple of days ago at his press conference on how he sees the Dockers ahead of tonight's match. I think this game's going to be a lot different to the one we just played. We're preparing ourselves for a real struggle. And um, they're a very good defensive team. And you don't get to this time of the year by, by chance. Um, we're going to have to you know, bring our best version of ourselves. Embrace the struggle. The struggle is the way. And this is going to be a struggle this game. And then you know, you're lucky enough to get through. There'll be another struggle. Um, yeah, that, that'll be a message that I'll, I'll bring tomorrow. So that's the message from Craig McRae uh, ahead of uh, Collingwood's match against Fremantle. Can I just go back to the other subplot that's come out of the game last night between Melbourne and Brisbane? Jared Berry was outstanding last night, particularly after halftime, and was one one of the reasons why the Lions got back from a deficit uh, to draw level and eventually win the contest last night. But there has been a bit of controversy regarding his job that he did on Clayton Oliver. Now, Channel 7, this is the Channel 7 AFL broadcast regarding when Jared Berry and, of course, Damien Oliver came together and there is speculation maybe his fingers went around the eyes of Clayton Oliver. Gouging here. You see, definitely gone for the eye there. Has Berry. There is absolutely no doubt that, that those fingers got tangled with Oliver's eye. And this is what Jared Berry, because he was pulled up by, I think Matthew Richardson spoke to him post-game on seven. This is what he had to say. The man uh, who turned the game, I reckon, in the second half. Jared, bring that is epic. You've just beaten the reigning premiers here into a prelim final. Yeah, hard to score the feelings. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, we're into a prelim final. It's all hard work from here, but we're going to enjoy this moment. Uh, you were 28 points down with 15 seconds to go in the second quarter. You get that goal, you go in at half-time. What changed? We just got a bit of belief, you know, like we started moving the ball a bit better, we started believing in each other and uh, we had a little bit of momentum, we, we made that count when we had it. Uh, congratulations on your second half, I think you've had 23 disposals. What did Chris say to you at halftime? He put you into the middle, what was your role? Yeah, he just said um, he needed me to lock down Oliver and, and hunt the ball and win the ball and um, yeah, I'll do anything for that bloke, so... Yeah, it was nice to, get, nice to get the job done. You've broken a pretty big hurdle. I think you've lost four if you lost 15 here, and that we can't underestimate that, mate. I mean, it's been a tough place for you to come. Yeah, hopefully now we can stop writing about it. So, yeah, we move on and um, 
Congratulations, Jared. Outstanding game. Yeah, maybe uh, Matthew Richardson evaded the, the question. But the other thing regarding Melbourne, Ash, before we take our first break here on the Ladbrokes Lounge, is that Melbourne, since they had that run of 10 in a row, mm. have lost eight of their last 14. And those eight have been against top eight opposition. The games they have won against sides that have been outside the top eight, which shows maybe a bit of a flaw in the Demons uh, since about the halfway stage of the season. I think Simon Goodwin also mentioned as well that their second half uh, performance as well hasn't been up to scratch when you're needing to win a a premiership. So he was quite open about that, recognises that they need to go back, um, take another look at what they have to do, but it's too late now, isn't it? They're out of the, the premiership race, but I do think that the Melbourne Demons fell away at the back end of the season. When you're looking at uh, the likes of Collingwood uh, in particular, um, Geelong, they're peaking at the right time. And you could see that upwards trend with the Melbourne Demons. You just weren't really sort of seeing that. So uh, just on Jared Berry, though, I feel as though he will be okay. I saw Clayton Oliver's eye after the game. It was uh, pretty red. You could definitely Mm -hmm. see as though he managed to get a fair bit of it. Um, But the one thing that might save him is that he didn't really have uh, eye contact as far as where his hand was place. It did look like there was a gouging movement, but whether or not uh, we're going to see him unable to participate in their clash that, uh, be against a huge Geelong. Blow. It'll be a massive blow, given that he uh, did such a good job through the midfield. We know the strength of the Geelong midfield as well. Um, to have a shutdown player out of contention, uh, good news is that Lions will have a couple back in as well, Oscar McInerney and then um, of course also Joe Danaher, who's had his baby. He'll be back next Big week. Big call, wasn't it? He had the baby actually last night, did he? He or did, yesterday? yeah. Apparently, yes. Yesterday, so got back in time for it. I think it was the right call, uh, and I think that the way that the Lions handled it was the right way as well. Chris Fagan said after the game, he didn't make a big deal of it. He didn't call a team meeting. He just let him go on his way, get there for the birth of his baby. Now they've got a fresh Joe Danaher for next week, and uh, ultimately they know they can do it without some of their stars. Okay, we're going to take a break. Of course, this is the Ladbrokes Lounge. We're going to speak to Dan Cobby intermittently uh, through the course of the next two hours. He's going to join us. Uh, Ladbrokes mates mode. Lad broke uh, together this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly and we'll speak to Dan Cobby. Plus we'll catch up with the other big story that's eventuated early this morning is that Aaron Finch has stepped down as the Australian captain in the short form of the game, the ODIs. There's been a lot of speculation regarding his certainly form and at 35 he thought, well, maybe the time is up. Who succeeds him? Uh, we'll have a chat about that. You may have a thoughts as well. 0487 736 736. Or you can give us a call as well, apart from the temperate bedshed text line, on 13 12 55. Peter Vlahos and Ash Nelson with you here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. Way to chat, share and bet this spring carnival. T's and C's apply and available on the website. Call 1800 858 858. Oh, yes, it is the Ladbrokes uh, Lounge. And, of course, as you heard, Ladbrokes, mates mode, Ladbroke it together. This spring carnival, gamble responsibly. And you can join us here on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or on the open line 13 12 55. We're now joined by Dan Cobby from Ladbrokes for the first time here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. Dan, thanks for your time. Good morning to you. Yes, thanks for your time. Uh, Good morning to everyone. Good morning to the listeners. It's a big day of racing right across the country, of course. Footy's finals action as well. There's plenty to get through. We can't wait to get stuck in. Okay, let's get stuck into it. As you mentioned, it's a big day at Flemington, of course, highlighted by the McIvy Diva Stakes. Take us through the markets, so the major markets at Flemington, Rose Hill, and locally here in Belmont. 
Yeah, let's get stuck into the Maccabi Diva market. Race number five on the program at Flemington. Our race favourite is I'm Thunderstruck. Did go up favourite at $2.35. We saw good early support for I'm Thunderstruck. Got into a low of $2.20 yesterday. Now back out to $2.45 as a consequence because the good support today, once those minimum bet balls kicked in at 9am, we've seen really strong support for Cascadian, who's been six fifty into $5. Alligator Blood remains solid at that $5 mark. Not necessarily a great deal of support around for Western Empire, the West Aussie, or the former West Aussie, now out to $7. Particular interest here in Cascadian House. Now joint second elect, six fifty into $5. Blake Shin riding for James Cummings and Godolphin. Good stuff. What about Rose Hill and Belmont? Can you? Uh, what's a feature then? Can you maybe uh, look at the markets in the major features at those two events today? Yeah, let's get stuck in. There's quite a few to, to get through at Rose Hill. We'll start with the, the Ming Dynasty, which is a certainly an interesting race heading forward to, I guess, bigger features throughout the pro, uh, throughout the carnival. Golden Mile is your favourite here for Godolphin. Sam Clifford and James Cummings combining at $3.80. He's been fairly steady around that quote. We've seen good interest for Basque for Waller and McDonald, 13 into $8.50. Likewise, Zoo Tiger this morning at that 9am mark, $5.50 into $3.80. Conqueror's an interesting runner here as well for Pike and Waller. We've seen him uh, have a few barrier mishaps in recent times. He's been back to the trials. He, he's been ticked off in, and approved to come back to the races, and he's solid around that $5 mark, but certainly an open market for the Ming Dynasty. Best back with us at Ladbroke so far today has been Zoo Tiger for Tommy Berry and John O'Shea. We'll get stuck into the run to the Rose as well, which, of course, is one of the features across the card today at Rose Hill. And not only that, across the country as well. Best of Bordeaux returns here now, second up. $3.50 favourite has been three ninety into $3.50 for McDonald and Fogden. Of course, Coolmore now in the ownership. He heads the affair at $3.50. We've seen strong support, though, this morning for In Secret. The three-year-old filly in the race for Tommy Berry and James Cummings. Open up at $6 with Labrokes. Got into $4.60 yesterday. Now into $4.20. The big bets are rolling through for In Secret. Of course, she's got the lightweight here. She looks a terrific chance in the race. Natuno, the Queenslander, is at $5. We've seen him trim up as well from $6.50. There's not a great deal of interest around those runners. The punters are really keen to play the top three in the market. Best of Bordeaux, In Secret, and Natuno, likewise. Of course, later on, you'll be joining us. We'll be looking at the AFL markets. Before we let you go with this report uh, here on the Ladbrokes update, what about locally here at Belmont? Yeah, of course, a great card at Belmont today. The nine races uh, on the program there. One of the, the real key races today is uh, the finally stakes in race number eight. We've seen particular interest in this event. Um, market mover in the race has been Fanta for Parnham and Genjimi has been 390 into 330. Doesn't hold favouritism though. Resortman for Chris Parnham and Mickey Lane at $3 is your race favourite. Really open race this. A little bit of interest as well for EO Ways. It's been $18 into 13 today for Staples and Reed. So a really strong move there at longer odds. Star Align fairly solid around that $7.50 mark. Fanta is the market mover in the race now into $3.30. May in fact push, fav push for favouritism a little bit closer to the jump uh, to, to Head Resortman, who's currently at $3. So particular interest in race number eight today at Belmont. Good on you there, Dan. As I said, that's a great wrap on what's happening at uh, Flemington, Rose Hill and also Belmont. You'll join us in half an hour. We'll update the AFL at our next report uh, in the Ladbrokes update. We'll talk to you then.
Perfect, sounds good. Good up, good stuff. Ladbrokes Mates Mode, the better way to chat, share and bet this spring uh, racing carnival. TNCs apply and available on the website. Call one 800 858-858-1800-858-858. Ash, the other big news, and we've got a couple of texts coming through. Uh, if you check pre-game, this is on the temper of bedshed text line 0487-736-736. Regarding what you said regarding Clayton Oliver's eye post-match, if you check pre-game, Oliver's eye was bloodshot before the game as a result of last week's game. Go Lions! That's from BT. I reckon BT's already mounting a defence. He should be going in front of the match review officer <laughs> and uh, perhaps he's part of the legal team for Jared Berry. But I have to go back and take a look. It uh, probably would bode well for Jared Berry if that was the case. And Clayton Oliver, of course, had a bloodshot eye before game. So might have to go back and uh, scour the footage. But good call, BT. No doubt we know who you're going for. <laughs> and now Australian white ball captain and World Cup champion Aaron Finch has announced his retirement from ODI cricket, confirming tomorrow's series finale against New Zealand Cairns will be his last match in the 50 over format. A surprise for you or not? No, I don't think a surprise for anyone really and I think that Aaron Finch has probably looked at this and gone, I'm going to take ownership of uh, making my, decision. The call, my decision and making yeah. the call rather than being uh, dropped from the team just saying I'm going to go away from the team uh, gracefully. He's still part of the T20 campaign coming up at the end of the year, still captain of the T20, and I don't think people are calling out his form in the T20 format as much, but when you go and have five ducks in a row um, across 13 innings, I think it might have been in the end, and had such a fall in terms of performance in the ODI, I think that's probably the right call by Aaron Finch, but the question now remains, you know, we move on pretty quickly in the media, don't we? He announces his retirement and he's stepping down from the captaincy role. Who now becomes the ODI uh, captain for Australia. Now, I'm going to throw this out. Uh, 0487 736 736. They're throwing up Pat Cummins, who, of course, is the Australian Test captain. Steve Smith or wicketkeeper Alex Carey among the leading candidates. Uh, any of those tickle your fancy? You, Ash, any of those tickle your Alex fancy? Carey Alex me. Carey for me. I think there's you. a future there with Do you me. reckon you've put a line through Steve Smith? I, I don't you know think... what you know what was damning for Steve Smith for me was his child uh, childish antics uh, a little while back when he got dismissed. I feel as though that you have to have the capacity as a captain to be able to look at an entire team performance. And I feel as though Steve Smith is a little bit insular when it comes to his own performance. Mm. Alex Carey, I think, has a bit of a future there, so you need to look at that as well. So for me, uh, he'd definitely be up there. I think David Warner's not... I don't want to say not committed, but, you know, he comes in and out of the team. Um, Pat Cummins as well. So, Alex Carey, that's that's my call. OK, Alex Carey, what do you think? Uh, join us on the Temper Bedshed text line. Uh, by the way, Finch, the 35-year-old, and sometimes when you get older, your reflexes aren't as good as we've... Not so much you, as I've noticed. Uh, your reflexes, as your age goes higher, your reflexes start to diminish a bit. Uh, played 145 ODI since making his international debut in 2011. So he's been around for over a decade, but will continue to lead the national T20 side. But the ODIs are done and dusted. For Aaron Finch, who is his successor in that format? Now, after the news headlines that are coming up, we're going to go live to Melbourne, and your colleague Steve Allen is there. 
Uh, he was at training yesterday for the Fremantle Dockers. I believe he bumped into Justin Longmuir at the hotel as well. He did. He's staying with, uh, well, I think it's just uh, incidental that he managed to yeah. stay at the same uh, Fremantle Dockers uh, hotel. But uh, there are some concerns at the moment just around Sonny Walters. He should be good to go with his calf. But uh, certainly at training yesterday, he was getting a lot of work on his calf and also his knee. So everyone's all eyes on Sonny Walters. We know how much of a hero he was against the Western Bulldogs to really lead that charge to get them back into the game. Will he play tonight? I think it's a yes, but Steve Allen will have more for us. Good stuff. Steve Allen's coming up next. And also we'll go and get the latest on the US Open tennis. Brett Phillips, SEN's the first serve host and wide world of sport tennis anchor is going to join us as well. Uh, the semi-final between Alcaraz and Tiafo, the American, is currently on Arthur Ashe Stadium. We'll update that and everything else that's happened in tennis when Brett joins us a little bit later on. Let's check in with the news. Yeah, Ladbrokes Lounge with Peter Vlahos. Ladbrokes Mates Mode. Ladbrokes together with this spring carnival gamble responsibly now ash you can do the intro because you work with this guy 24 7 he's uh over there in melbourne for network 10 and 10 perth on the scene on the spot getting all the latest info as the dockers prepare for one of their biggest games in their short history uh, against collingwood at a sellout. I couldn't believe it's a sellout. Just shows you how many Magpie supporters there are well, that's it. at the MCG. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, what's the, the saying that if um, you don't uh, support the Magpies, you support any other team going around. But, so I, maybe, reckon it, but maybe. I reckon it's softened a bit. I reckon uh, a few people now, because of Craig McRae, who's an outstanding individual, he hasn't got that arrogance of a lot of the other former Magpies coaches have. I have I reckon, to say, I've softened and Craig yes. McRae is because of it. Um, but yes, as you mentioned, my colleague from Channel 10, Steve Allen, he is over in Melbourne. I'm here in the studio with you. Yeah. I've got a great gig. And then he's over watching the Fremantle Dockers in Collingwood tonight. But he's been a busy man. Steve Allen, hello to you. How are we looking for oh. tonight? Oh. Oh, hello. I joke, working 24-7, I am. But Pete's made it sound like we share bunk beds at Channel 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're a good team at Channel 10 under Lockie Reed, who takes the weekends. I've got on your lockster. Um, by the way, <laughs> the forward, uh, sh- forecast is for showers and 15 degrees in Melbourne. They reckon most of the showers, if they do arrive, Steve, will be in the morning, and it should be a fine night. Uh, what's it like at the moment? I tell you what, it's just cooled down quite a bit at the moment. It's been mostly fairly balmy by Melbourne conditions for the last couple of days. A bit of a light sprinkle uh, this morning, but really that's not going to trouble anyone. It looks like, if the forecast is accurate, that most of the showers will have passed by game time, which is excellent news for the Dockers. Um, yeah, cool, but um, I, I wouldn't. It, this is not something that's going to throw the Dockers. Uh, Steve, you're sharing a hotel with the Fremantle Dockers uh, just by <laughs> accident. Um, yeah. Have you have you formed any connections there? What have you got the inside word for us? Look, it's been pretty handy for a couple of things, but mostly it feels a little bit awkward. Like from the moment we arrived, um, you know, you got the shots of the team arriving at the airport, mate, for a pretty late night. So we check in. Uh, the Dockers are obviously set up by the time we get there and I'm going up to the room and the concierge is coming up with me and I thought, oh, he's sort of going the same way. I, I must be helping me to my room. We get to the door. <laughs> he knocks on the door and I go, oh, hang on. This isn't my room. Before I can think, Blake Akers has opened the door <laughs> and I'm there standing very awkwardly going, oh, this is not my room. Didn't, <laughs> very tired at that stage. Didn't have time to explain and 
Blake's probably there thinking, wow, the media are going to the next level on this one, going door to door. Get in there, son. Get in it. there. Get in there. No, but it, we, we were laughing about the fact that you're at the hotel, but um, you've been very diligent. You headed down to training yesterday as well. Sonny Walters, a concern there with his lower leg, whether it be calf or knee, he was getting a bit of work done on it. How's he looking? Yeah, look, so the background to this is um, Sonny's had his knee bandaged for quite a while now. It's not something that impacts him getting through games. He's obviously been playing pretty well of late. Um, but he did get um, some treatment on it yesterday. Got back on track. One of those sort of things, slow to get moving, a little bit awkward, but got up to pace anyway. So I reckon he's pretty sweet. I get, got a bit of info on it later. It's something that's popped up out of nowhere. I believe he got it scanned and it's sort of showed up he's, he's right to go. So from that perspective, but clearly it is something that he's conscious of. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little last-minute fitness test uh, on the G this evening. So it's something to watch, but I'm predicting he'll be okay. Yeah, so just regarding uh, the Fremantle Dockers, you're down at training yesterday, trained at Port Melbourne, I think, and I see that uh, Jeff Farmer popped down in his high-vis uh, the whiz in high vis, uh, no doubt, came down to reconnect with a couple of his mates. Oh, and it was just great to see, and completely different vibe to what we get in Perth. Uh, you know, like at home, it sort of there's almost this disconnect. Whereas over here, they just embraced everything. There was a very nice atmosphere. The fans they sort of really embraced. And the whiz down there, just yeah, casting an eye over training on his uh, on Smoko. It's probably a bit early for the lunch break, but, <laughs> yeah. And took the opportunity. Obviously, uh, you know, he spent plenty of time with the, uh, you know, knows David Mundy and Sonny Walters pretty well, and of course uh, would have played alongside J Lo. So yeah, it was great to see and just added to the atmosphere. I can say everyone in really good spirits at Trio. Like, early in the season, when they were up and about pumping, there was a vibe down at training. You know, that you know, they were relaxed, had a lot of fun. Got to say, that's the way it's looking at the moment. And as much as when we got here, there was that surprise factor of, hang on, they could be here for the rest of their campaign. That's weird. Well, if, they, if it affects them like, you know, what we're seeing at the moment and... They're going to be that relaxed, that happy. Maybe this is the best thing for them. Steve, have you managed to catch up with uh, any of the, I guess, the Collingwood team or see them in action? And are they looking like they're going to head in full strength? Look, uh, I've, only, I've got my ear to the ground on that. I wasn't able to get the train myself yesterday. But, you know, they're obviously the big watch on um, Jordan's goey. And it looks like, I'm told, he's good to go. He didn't look too bothered by uh, any of that. You know, any shoulder problem yesterday, so yeah, you know, he, he'll be fine, Man. and, and you know, not expecting any any last minute slip ups for them. Be like a grand final, really, tonight, as far as the attendance is concerned. I was saying to Ash before you came on, Steve, it's really hard to fathom because Fremantle, I believe, will have about seven and a half thousand people have travelled over there, mm. and the rest will be Collingwood supporters, and they're forecasting a crowd of ninety thousand. Now that's almost grand final proportions, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. I think I'm just trying to remember the stat. I think the, if the forecast goes to plan, they'll beat the biggest crowd for a semi-final that involves a non-Victorian team. Uh, so, you know, a nice bit of history. And, you know, so much of the talking points been, you know, at first, the Frio young team had the finals experience. Well, they covered that off 
last week with a bit of that. And then can they do it in front of a big crowd, uh, you know, away from home? Well, if they can hold their own and not be embarrassed tonight, that, that goes a long way in ticking the boxes experience-wise for them into the future. So, yeah, it's going to be huge. But Frio fans are going to have to be a full voice tonight because they're going to be outnumbered 20 to 1. So... Good luck to them. Steve, have you found some Frio fans that you can sit with and have you got your retro jacket ready to go <laughs> that you love so much? <laughs> that hasn't arrived in time, Ash. It's on back order. So, <laughs> no, oh, 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 now you've just given me something to think about because at the moment I'm dressed in black. That's horrible. So <laughs> I'm going to have to fix that up at a team store before tonight. Good on you, Steve. Thanks for joining us, mate. It'll be a great experience uh, to work on that event tonight. Collingwood and Frio, and let's hope it goes uh, the purple way. After all, purple has been the colour, not only in Australia, but around the world in the last uh, 24 hours. Thanks for your time, mate, and enjoy the experience, and thanks for sharing a few moments with us. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Ash. Get back to work, Steve. Get back to work. She's cracking the whip today. Don't worry about that. This is the Ladbrokes Lounge with Ash, Nelson and Peter Vlahos. Come and join us on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. We're going to check in on the tennis next, Ash. And uh, Carlos Alcarez and Tiafo, the American, are on court. They're at one set apiece with Alcarez having the early break in the third. We'll check in with uh, Brett Phillips, our man, covering the tennis after the break. It's 19 to 10. This spring Jonathan, T's and C's apply and available on the website. Call oh, 1-800-858-858. Yes. Great to have Ladbrokes on board. This is the Ladbrokes Lounge on SENWA, wherever you may be listening statewide or on the SENWA app. It's great to have your company. Now, I'm watching Alcarez and Tiafo do battle and Alcarez has got the early break in the third, so he's on his way to maybe a two-set-to-one lead in this semi-final, this teenager, one of the real shining lights, the future generation of world tennis. A man that's right across it is Brett Phillips. He's a busy man. He's, I think he's looking forward to this weekend being over because then he can oh, catch up on his sleep. He'd be bored then. Oh, no, that's true. That's true. You have to wait till the Australian open. Uh, Brett, a very good morning to you. Morning, team. Uh, yeah, it's, it's intoxicating tennis uh, to watch, uh, no doubt. And you feel like uh, you know, this young 19-year-old Spaniard has uh, got a stranglehold of this match now. And, uh, look, he could go 24 hours straight uh, without a break. Uh, that, that's his, uh, that, That's the reputation he's built at the age of 19. He, he can go three, four, five hours comfortably out on the tennis court. And I think that's part of it. That, that's part of mentally wearing down his opponent. So he's doing a nice job at the moment. Now, Brett, I've got a story. I go to uh, work at Channel 10, and as I walk in, we've got a guy that's from Macedonia. He's our security guard. His name is Navitsa. And about a year ago, he said to me, Ashley, there is a young kid on the scene, Alcarez. He is going to be the next big thing. He's going to be the next mm. Nadal. He's going to be the next Djokovic. Um, and I trust Navitz's opinion. He's a security <laughs> guard, but he's yeah. a tennis nuffy, and he loves Nick Kyrgios. How good will Alcaraz be? Well, can you pass on his number? I think we might have to get him on the first Absolutely. Uh, program, Ash, and I'd like to pick. I'd like to pick his brains a little uh, further because... Uh, he is uh, spot on the money. I mean, I, I first sort of started watching um, uh, matches when he was 14. So th that's when his name first surfaced. And you're watching 
the Challenger, the, the Tear Down, which gets streamed around the world. You can watch those. You thought, hello, we've got something pretty special here. And then, you know, Juan Carlos Ferrero, the former world number one, gets hold of him at 16, takes him to his academy in Alicante there in uh, southern Spain. And they work on uh, the physical attributes, the game plan, everything else. And he had a few coaching offers, Juan Carlos, and he said, no, I'm going to stick with this 16-year-old. I reckon he's going to be pretty special. And it's uh, the tennis on court. It's he, the way he embraces the fans. Uh, he just loves the occasion. Um, he, he's just, he, I can't, there's not enough superlatives to, um, to describe how good this guy is. And, Look, uh, you know, the, to, the fact of the matter is, in two days' time, he could be the world number one at 19 years of age mm. if he gets through here. And we know Casper Root is already through, and uh, one of them's going to be guaranteed to be world number one, which um, is a big change of the guard. That is a very good point. That was my next question. It's quite um, unreal not to see Djokovic out there at this stage of the tournament. Nadal, of course, Federer hasn't played for a while. Uh, but when you look at it now... Casper Ruud, now he's only 23. He's from yeah. one of the last frontiers of tennis being Norway, which is all of a sudden shot to prominence because of Casper Ruud. Tell us about mm. he, because he won over the conqueror of Nick Kyrgios, uh, Karchenikov, yeah. in, uh, th- by three sets to one. Well, I, th- I think he's got better and better each match. In fact, uh, you know, we had him probably fourth or fifth line on the betting, um, if you like, uh, Pete, going in. And, you know, obviously he's putting together so many consistent results the last two years, which has seen him elevate to the, you know, the top five, made the Roland Garros final, but had more of a reputation you know, as where all his titles have come on a clay court. Uh, but over time, he's, uh, built a, he's built his game to adapt to a hard court. Uh, his forehand today was as good as anyone in the game. The revolutions on that forehand, it was zipping through the court. A uh, you know, little reaction time uh, for Hutchinov, who just um, was really battling to go with Casper. Uh, and then his backhand's improved significantly. He's got one of the best work ethics attitudes. He's actually trained quite a bit at Rafa's uh, academy there in Mallorca, the Rafael Nadal Academy. And Nadal's a huge fan of him, has hit with him quite a bit. Uh, just loves the way he presents himself. And um, it's on the back of hard work. I mean, tennis genes, obviously, with his father, Christian, having played on the tour, he got to 39 in the world, and Casper's uh, gone way past his dad, but his dad's his mentor and his coach and his confidant. Uh, he's got his um, you know, mum there. He's got his two sisters who are all part of the camp, and he's just a good young guy who's uh, who's been rewarded for a lot of hard work and a lot of skill. I've got to say, on the tennis court. So his reputation has just grown and grown as 2022's unfolded. Now, I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but it does look as though Alcaraz will take the third set. If he comes away with the win, how much or what will the matchup be like between Rude and Alcaraz uh, for the, the Grand Slam final? Yeah, well, it'll. I mean, the, the, the tennis at this back end, this second week, the quality has been... Unbelievable. I mean, we, we, we've been blessed, obviously, in men's tennis, Ash, as you know, for 20 years mm. with three of the greatest of all time. Well, that three is going to be replaced by maybe 12 players who are who are going to be jockeying for trophies, who are ready. They're ready. They're playing fearless tennis. They're just going out and playing their game, not worried about what's on the other side of the net. Um, so if you stack those two up, yes, uh, you know, Casper a little older. Casper's been an experienced to Grand Slam final in Paris this year. But Alcaraz, you just put nothing past him. If he gets through here, I mean, he's just got eyes for the prize. He doesn't believe he's doing some form of apprenticeship. He's now ready to win a major and he's playing, 
you know, the maturity of a 25, 26-year-old. So, you know, it'll come down to execution on the day and nerves and uh, shot selection and just taking a moment. But right now, as I watch this Spaniard, I, I just think nothing's, nothing is um, beyond him. There's no ceiling to what he can achieve. And uh, I'd probably back in Alcaraz to wear down any opponent right now. Mm, OK, well, let's get back to watching in the moment uh, because uh, you are on duty, as we know. Uh, Brett Phillips, a very busy man this time of the year. As we let you go... Let's look at the women's singles final. That'll be staged, uh, of course, tomorrow morning, our time. I'm on Anjabur. Love to see the first Arab or African player to reach the decider and win it there in New York. But she's taking on the women's world number one. What sort of final are we looking forward to in the women's? Well, I think we're going to get a beauty here, Pete. I mean, we've got the... We've got Igor Sviontek, who's uh, you know, out and out, clear number one right now, 4,000 points clear. What a year. 56 wins, seven losses. Um, you know, obviously had that real peak and then was going to always dip a little bit, target on her back. People want to take her scalp. And going into this US Open, you know, there was certainly the thought, gee, you know, the way Igor's been going, a little bit hot and cold leading in, she might go out early. And then she's just got better and better and better and she crushes opponents down the straight of a match. You know, it'd be like... We use a footy analogy, you know, four goals down at three-quarter time. She comes home and kicks eight in the last quarter and bang, she's just blitzing apart in six love, six one. Uh, great finisher, takes the ball early. She's putting always so much pressure on you, Ego, uh, because she steps inside and, and really um, clubs the ball, but, you know, also can get forward. But the thing about Ange Jabeur is that uh, I think she would have taken a lot out of that Wimbledon final where she was the red-hot favourite. She's learned from that experience. She can deal with whatever Sviontek is going to throw at her because she's got every shot in the textbook that she can play for whatever scenario presents. I'm with you. I would love to see uh, Ons get there. Uh, I think it's going to come down to some moments. I think it's going to be a three-setter because these two, um, you know, won't have it on their terms the whole match. I probably... I I still have faith in Eager. I think she's just uh, a little too good for everyone at the moment that... I think we could have one of the great US Open finals. Yeah, no, looking, finals full stop. Looking forward to it. As we let you go, I love the press conferences uh, there at uh, Flushing Meadow. <laughs> you know, Nick Kyrgios has got the cap back to front and he's looking at the floor. But I reckon, I reckon Sabalenka's taken it, uh, Brett. Those chunky mirrored sunglasses at the presser after she got beaten in the semi-final. Did you see that? I did. Oh, I love Arena. What, what, oh, what love did arena. you think about the look? Yeah, well, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arena is in a bar still in Manhattan, <laughs> just drowning her sorrows. Three semi-finals, and two of them she's led down the straight four-two yesterday, and she just can't get it done. And she wears her heart on her sleeve. She's a beauty, Arena. It's out there. It's raw. It's emotional. That's the way she is. She plays big. And I hope she gets um, some sort of reward one day. Yeah, three, uh, I think three Grand Slam semi-final losses for Arena. But anyway, uh, she's good to watch. All right, mate, I'll let you get back to the action between Alcaraz and Tiafo, And uh, we'll talk to you again soon here on SENWA. Thanks for your time this morning. Pleasure. Thank you, Tim. Okay. Uh, very shortly, we'll also check in again with Ladbrokes, uh, our man there in uh, Dan Cobby. He's going to bring us the latest on the AFL markets as well. I've enjoyed the tennis. Actually, um, I've been privileged enough, Ash, talking about like Steve Allen being in Melbourne at the MCG. I've been to Flushing Meadow a couple of times. I went there. Oh, hang on. All the, right. I went there in the 2011 uh, event where Sam Stoza.
beat Serena Williams in the final. Amazing. And then I went to 2019 as well. And have you been to the Australian Open tennis? I've been to the Australian Open tennis. I just reckon it they're great events. They're great events. They're great events. I really enjoyed it. It was hot. That's yeah, one thing I hot. do remember from it from Australian Open, but haven't been fortunate enough. I'd love to get to Wimbledon, though. Fan yeah. of the strawberries and cream, but just the, the history the that's history. behind it. If I had a choice out of any of the Grand Slams to go to, for me, it would be Wimbledon. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the US Open. It's good fun. It really is. The crowd really gets into it. They're raucous, almost like a footy crowd there at Arthur Ashe. Packing around about 24,000 and uh, they make some noise and they'll be making some noise to try and get Tiafo up. Uh, he trails 5-1 in the third set. So it looks like Alcarez will be up by two sets to one. Let's check in with Dan Cobby. He's our man from Ladbrokes. Of course, Ladbroke mates mode. Ladbroke uh, it together this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. We've been through earlier what's happening at Flemington, also uh, in Randwick and Belmont. Let's check the AFL markets and we've got a lot of interest here in Perth. With the Fremantle Dak Dockers taking on uh, Collingwood. Uh, Dan, thanks uh, for coming back again. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you as well and all the listeners. There is a stack of interest in this uh, in this market tonight, rather, for the match between Collingwood and Fremantle. Let's get things kicked off here with the match betting. Collingwood, $1.55, Brio at $2.50, I can tell you. Prior to about a minute ago, the two biggest bets in this market were $10,000 mm-hmm. each or two on Collingwood. We've just seen a $15,000 bet roll through at $1.55. Wow. So big bet just rolling through literally only a few moments ago. Wow. So there's been uh, a bit of money certainly late in relation to this game. And no doubt there's probably some great novelty bets as well uh, for if you want to get onto Ladbrokes as well. For sure. Um, the line at the moment, Collingwood minus 10.5 at even money for, of course, uh, plus 10.5. So you can check out the, the even money line there on the website and, of course, the app as well. Uh, the overs and unders, this is obviously a very popular one. Dollar eighty-eight each of two here for over 148.5. That's your, your total points. Winning margin, we've seen good early interest with basically when markets first went up in regards to Collingwood to win by 1 to 39. So, I guess a handful of punters thinking it's not necessarily going to be a blowout, that being at $2.05. But as I said a little bit earlier on, the, the real strong market push, so to speak, has been with Collingwood to win. We saw those two $10,000 bets roll through earlier in the week, but just as a few moments ago, now a $15,000 bet. And basically, if you check out the bet ticker on the Ladbrokes app, you'll see all the big bets rolling through, and not just in, in, in individual bets for Collingwood, but they feature heavily in a number of big multis as well. So the punters are really steering the way of Collingwood tonight. Okay, just before we let you go with this report, Dan, again, just recapping uh, the latest market for the match between Collingwood and Fremantle. Yep, latest market, Collingwood $1.55, Frio at $2.50. You're getting minus 10.5 for the line with Collingwood, and that line for the total points tonight is over uh, over. 148.5 at $1.88. Good on you, Dan. We'll come back to you in half an hour with further market updates. Thanks to Ladbrokes uh, Mates Mode. The better way to ch- uh, chat, share and bet this spring carnival. TNC's apply and available on the website. Call 1-800-858-858. $15,000. I saw you tickering with your phone. Did you just put a $15,000 <laughs> yeah, bet on? As if. That's why I'm still working at my age. It's a minute to ten here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. We've got Paul Heath joining us. He's our producer come panel operator. Ashley Nelson, Peter Vlahos, back with a big second hour next.
this spring carnival. T's and C's apply and available on the website. Call 1-800-858-858. Yes, we're back here on the Ladbrokes Lounge into the second hour of show number one of the Ladbrokes Lounge. Ashley Nelson is with us. Of course, uh, the former Hockey Roo, just an outstanding player for the Hockey Roos, over 200 games. And as well as that, now uh, a sports reporter come presenter with uh, Channel 10. Could I ask you, you're a girl from Narragin. Wagen. Oh, but you were born in Narragin. I was born in Narragin. I uh, grew up in Wagen. It's like and- saying that you're... Yeah. Australian when you're actually Kiwi, that kind of reference. Yeah. But anyway, yes, okay. carry on. All right. Uh, but I don't understand the, the psyche of country people. In fact, I'm going to Dan Darrigan today. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm going okay. to go see Cervantes play Moora in the Central District's grand final. Why is that? Uh, my son-in-law will plays for Cervantes. There you go. Mitch Van Burlo is playing up there. All right. And... Mark Lacrasse playing there. Oh, I've seen for he's, he's been kicking a few. Kick fifteen a few <laughs> I was weeks ago. Say it was like thirteen or fifteen goals. I yeah. think he, I think he might get a call back yeah. up for the West Coast Eagles. So that he's and, been it's, going. and it's a lovely drive. So I'm looking forward to going to Dan Darrigan to see the grand final. But there's grand finals everywhere now. Um, I know in the amateurs we're at the preliminary final. The grand final will be next week. CBC already through the grand final in the WA amateurs. But I think all the lower grades have got their grand finals today. Good luck to Hammersley Corrine who are in. C1, they're playing their grand final today and they've now been promoted to B grade in the amateurs, which is now the Perth Football League as it's mm-hmm. known. Uh, and all the, I think all the junior uh, councils have all got their grand finals this weekend as well. So it's grand final weekend. I would like to say good luck to all the pubs on Monday as well. Mad Monday is well and truly upon us and uh, I feel as though that... Uh, oh, hang on a second. Paul Heath. Yeah. He's a proud former CBC E-grader. E-grader. Does it go, oh, does it go that far down, does it, E-grade? It goes further. All the way down to what? Z. Z. Yeah. No, oh. CBC. G-grade, he says. G-grade. G-grade. So, well done, Heater. Yeah, CBC are in the grand final. So, no doubt you'll be going to cheer them on. Uh, can I just reflect back on the, the game last night, Brisbane against Melbourne. This is what Chris Fagan had to say, the Brisbane Lions coach, for those people that didn't catch us earlier when we spoke about the game. But Chris Fagan was no doubt asked about the MCG hoodoo. I said one thing about hoodoos, they're there to be broken. And of course, I hadn't won since 2014. This is what Chris had to say about that. Probably lucky we've had three goes in the last nine or ten weeks. Probably helped us a, a little bit. Um... Yeah, oh, what can I say? Just character from our players. I thought we were in a bit of trouble early. Melbourne were all over us. Probably a little bit fortunate they didn't kick straight. And then we sort of clicked into gear a little bit in the second quarter and we were in the game at half-time, which I think gave our group a fair bit of confidence. Um, you know, Melbourne's second halves this year have not always been um, the best, so we were aware of that, and so we gave ourselves a chance. Yeah, I mean, I always think you've got to go through a process. It's not you suddenly get good and then suddenly you win a premiership. It it takes a little bit longer than that. I think it is a process and I think all the lessons that we've learned in finals over the last few years are are starting to come to fruition. Um, You know, we get a little bit of a bad rap. Well, we were getting a bad rap for our our finals record. But the truth is we'd lost one game by a point, another game by three points. Well, you know, a whisker away from two more prelims. I don't see those as bad losses. They're just sometimes just a bounce of a ball or or a, or a decision here and there or skill error here here or there. So I've always had faith in this in this group that that um, that we could find a way. Um, and we've always kept, um, I suppose, the way I coached. We 
we talk about having a growth mindset and that everything that happens to us, there's a reason for it. And as long as you learn from it and make progress, and then everything, all the, all those mistakes are okay. And that's that's been how we've approached it, and that's how we'll continue to approach it. Good on you, Chris Fagan, my vintage. Uh, we're still uh, being utilised even at our oh, age. Absolutely, yeah, I think yeah. that he's a wonderful coach. The way what that he approaches nice, the game. What a nice, nice fella. You know, and I think oh, I think he he could be fine brimstone. The coaches need to be, but I think he presents very well. Well, the way that he reacted when whose dog was it that ran onto the field? I think there were a few expletives when the dog went past him, but after it, he had a, a good laugh as well. Yeah. So happy for him. He's got like the Cheshire cat grin as well. When he's happy, you know he's happy. When he's angry, there's no denying that you know that Chris Fagan is angry. But uh, yeah. certainly, he would have been impressed with the comeback for the Brisbane Lions. Now, Simon and Clement goes, let's go the Moora Rovers. Uh, that's who I'm going to see uh, later this afternoon, uh, Simon. Take on the Cervantes uh, Sharks, I think they are. Uh, Moora had a good bakery once upon a time. I wonder whether or not uh, it's still Adam there. Cocky plays there. Adam Cocky is right. at Moora. Uh, and also uh, Brad Tunbridge actually who, is at Moora as who well. Gets, who gets a shutdown job on Mark LaCroix? Oh, I don't know. But up, he's got to be on fire. They lost last year, actually. I went and saw the grand final, so Andy's lost to Lancelin, actually. So we've got a bit happening uh, between now and uh, 11 o'clock. Let me tell you what we've got lined up. We'll focus on the AFLW. Jeff Valentine's going to join us as well from Peel Thunder. Now, they've got about 13 Fremantle AFL-listed players to take on South Fremantle in the elimination final. So we'll speak uh, to Jeff about that game in a little while. And as well as that, we... Later in the hour, I spoke earlier to Ashley Prescott. Now, Ashley, of course, played with Fremantle. He uh, played just under 100 games with the Richmond Football Club, has also been an assistant coach uh, involved at Frio, uh, was involved with Richmond. And I want to have a chat to him about where Richmond's future is, how he thinks Fremantle will go, and no doubt touch on the, the game that's being played later today in the qualifying final between East Fremantle and Claremont. So Ash Prescott will come up a bit later on as well. And also we'll be talking uh, AFLW. Just before we do that, naturally, Simon Goodwin, the coach of the uh, Melbourne Football Club, they're out in straight sets. And he was asked if they really got ahead of themselves before last night's contest. Is that uh, no, Simon Goodwin? Uh, seasons are long seasons. And they're, ma- they're, they're a marathon for a reason. So you've got to be able to sustain what you, you do for long periods of time. Um, for 26 weeks of the season. So, as I said, we'll go away and have a look at it. Um, there was no comfortability within our group. You know, we had enough lessons throughout the year um, and exposure to some of the things that we need to get better at. And, um, and as I said, that's why being a great fit club's challenging because you've got to keep doing it, you've got to keep rocking up, and you've got to do it for longer. Okay, uh, there you go, Simon Goodwin. Now, after the break, AFLW, Nash, you're across AFLW. You've done a great, you do a great show and a great podcast for AFLW. We're going to find out what's happened to the Dockers. I know it's been a pretty tough year there. Uh, zero and three at the moment. No one would have expected that for the Fremantle Dockers, but a couple of injury concerns really has put them in uh, dire straits. A 10-week season, three losses already. Can the Fremantle Dockers come back? Another unfortunate loss against the Western Bulldogs. We'll check in with Nikki Gall. Okay, she's coming up after the break, and also we'll give you some news on the AFL Entertainment, a bit of an addition there as we go back 40 years. I'm looking forward to that. It's 11 past 10 here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. The better way to chat, share and bet this spring carnival. T's and C's apply and available on the website. Call 1-800-858-858. 
Shane Howard out in front of Goanna. They've been announced with uh, Christine Anu, Emma Donovan, Tasman Keith, and Willie Barton as the halftime entertainment for the AFL Grand Final. Joining G Flip. Yep. You know G Flip. Yeah, G Flip, and I go way back. Okay, Mike Brady, of course, will sing up there. Kazali Temper Trap, who actually played an AFL Grand Final a few years ago, and Katie Noonan. Now, of course, also we've got that guy from. England is going to perform. What's his Who's name? Who's that? Yeah, remember that bloke that sang uh, That's Entertainment and oh, Angels. Williams. Yes, and, yeah, that's right. I'm only right. joking. Of course I know Robbie Williams. I've seen him in <laughs> concert. I forgot about him. He got announced yeah. so long ago. Can I just say, Delta Goodrum, last night doing the national anthem, she was a ripper. That yeah. was the best national anthem oh, she's that got a I've great heard voice. sung live for a long time. Well she's, done, Delta. Yeah, no, she's got a great Harder voice. Up. But I love Goanna. You know, in 1980, you know why I like that song, Solid Rock by Goanna? Why? My first gig, I sound like a muse here. Oh, here you go. You're my, not going to get my signed first up first gig, look at Hita, look at Hita shaking his My first gig was a Rocky Jockey. 1980, I was spinning vinyl. At 6kg in Kalgoorlie. So and why- Solid Rock was one of the big hits when I actually started. Solid Rock, Trouble with Lindsay Buckingham. What else was it? Oh, In Excess of Stay Young, their very first hit. It brings back memories I'm for me. I'm laughing because I'm watching Alcaraz <laughs> as a 19-year-old playing the US Open. Here you are, the disc jockey from way back and your relationship uh, with Goanna and, and whatnot. But can I tell you, Nikki Gore, who's going to be our next special guest from the Fremantle Dockers, is wondering, what's that crap they're talking about on radio? <laughs> She's been waiting patiently. She had a hard night uh, against the Western Bulldogs. Uh, of course, the Fremantle Dockers, unfortunately, going down by three points. And now she's had to sit through that rubbish as well. Uh, Nikki, apologies. Uh, how are you girls going? A tough loss, uh, zero and three for the season so far. The Fremantle Dockers probably haven't had the season that they perhaps thought that you guys were going to have. No, thank you for having me. Um, it was great to listen along to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it was, yeah, obviously a tough, tough start to the season for us. And um, but I think last night, as much as we were disappointed um, with that loss and felt like it was, you know, our game to sort of lose, I guess, in the end there. Um, and we're sort of, you know, we're up really, really well and confident in that game. Um, but I think we're really proud of our efforts last night and can sort of hold our heads high um, from what we actually did yeah, provide in that game. Yeah, what was the feedback from Trent Cooper? Because against the Geelong Cats, that was probably a game that you would have had earmarked as potentially coming away with the win and maybe the intensity as far as uh, the tackling was concerned and defensive effort perhaps was lacking a little bit during that game. But last night against uh, the Western Bulldogs, you girls were on fire in terms of the intensity. Um, perhaps inside 50s weren't so clean with the, the marks in there, but it just seemed like a bit of a different team that walked out onto the field. Yeah, um, Coops, obviously, you know, after the game, like everyone, um, you know, was disappointed that we couldn't get that win, um, especially, you know, I think we all prepared ourselves um, really well this week to sort of turn our season around of, you know, how we started and, you know, that we weren't at the Fremantle football um, and the way we like to play. And, yeah, I guess, you know, he sort of, as much as he was disappointed, he sort of said that, you know, we should be really proud of ourselves Um and, yeah, really, you know, enjoy that we've actually just made our supporters, you know, probably proud of us um, for what we did put forward. And um, we played with, yeah, intent throughout the whole game. Um, and, yeah, we sort of, you know, really had high-speed running, which um, was really, yeah, really positive, I guess, for us and moving forward into next, you know, few weeks.
And how about you? Uh, you're a new recruit for the Fremantle Dockers, of course, coming across from uh, the Crows. And you got the ultimate matchup last night <laughs> against Ellie Blackburn in her 50th game for the Bulldogs. How did you find that? I mean, your disposal count, you did uh, great. I think you had 16 disposals compared to her 19. And we know how much of an impact that she can actually have, but you shut her down pretty well. Yeah, yeah. When um, Trent came up to me and sort of told me that was my role, I sort of, yeah, straight away prepared myself and my main goal was just to make it a tough day out for her and I, I knew she'd come out firing being a 50th and, yeah, she's a great player and um, really, you know, stands the mark in the way for the doggies and, yeah, I guess I took the challenge up for it and um, just sort of, yeah, tried to get into her as much as I could and make it a toughest day um, possible for her and, I, yeah, I think I personally... Um, did the best I could on her and um, yeah it was pleasing to sort of get a few touches myself. Yeah congratulations on that I know Hayley Miller the skipper was uh, busy in the midfield with Kiara Bowers I think they kept uh, racking up the possessions and battled hard all day now MRO Driscoll of course provided some good rebound from defence and uh, today she'll be watching a bro Yeah, yeah I think uh, she'll have some nerves today I, I was next to her um, last week in the stands watching the boys and uh She's, she's very vocal out there, so, um, yeah, I, I think it will be good. But, yeah, hopefully the boys can get the job done um, today. And, uh, yeah, we will be up there watching them at the MCG. So, no, we'll, yeah, be cheering loudly. And uh, I think, yeah, hopefully the nerves won't be too bad for a distill. But, yeah, she's an awesome player for us down back and yeah, took some huge marks herself. It must be nice being having to be over there at the same time and being able to be sort of part of the club and be able to cheer the guys on as well. Is there a general feeling in amongst the group heading into this Collingwood game? Have you caught up with some of the guys? Um, the boys are actually staying across the road from us, so we haven't really, yeah, pathways much. But, um, yeah, I guess the general feel has been really upbeat and um, we're all sort of excited. I guess it's pretty awesome. We've got the whole team over here, so we... Even the non-playing girls um, flew over this and, yeah, pulled their money out of pockets to sort of fly over this weekend to watch the boys and support the boys. So um, it's pretty awesome to have the whole club, I guess, cheering them on and um, against Collingwood, which is sort of an opportunity that the club doesn't really get too often to have a whole team across in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, we're all really excited for the game ahead tonight. Yeah, good on you, Nikki. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. I was going to ask you a question. Would you believe it just slipped my mind? No, I've got it back again. Um, <laughs> is... We've always known Fremantle Dockers in recent years to be a very successful team in a win-loss situation and often play perennial, you know, finalists. Uh, what's the mindset? You've gone zero and three. Uh, I know you've lost some close ones, but have you got the ability, you think, to bounce back and become, of course, finals contenders? Yeah, I definitely think, especially off um, our efforts on the weekend um, yesterday, I think, yeah, we've definitely got the ability and I think we're only going to get stronger as this season goes, especially with such a young team we have and um, a fair few new players as well rolling through the team. So as we're starting to, you know, gel together more, I think we're definitely going to get continue to fight and, you know, our season's not done until, you know, that final round. So, yeah, we're definitely going to push hard and hopefully we can yeah, make the finals and yeah, really put a name out for ourselves. Well, Nikki, we wish you all the best and uh, we wish you all the best as well sitting next to Driscoll uh, while she's watching on her brother <laughs> later on this afternoon. You might need to be wearing some earmuffs there. I have heard that she's a, a big cheerer, but we look forward to the remainder of the season. Appreciate you joining us here on Ladbrokes Lounge. Awesome. Though. Thank you so much for having me. Good on you, Nikki. Nikki Gore joining us here on the uh, program. So...
Ash, before we leave the AFLW, the week before they only kicked one behind for four quarters, which I couldn't believe. Yeah, uh, I think I, it was disappointing to see that because I think Fremantle have enough of a quality side, even though they've got quite a few outs. So they've got Ebony Carantonio, who we know are effective up front. Uh, they've also lost uh, Gemma Houghton, who went across to Port Adelaide expansion team. So they've lost a, a significant portion of their forward line, but they are a better team than what that scoreline suggested. However... The AFLW has expanded to 18 teams. They've done that with the knowledge that there are going to be a few games where they're not going to experience high scores. They're prepared to wear that, to cop that. I think we need to go through these growing pains, give it some time. Two years from now, hopefully we'll never see a score like that again. Okay, let's uh, go to our latest update uh, for Ladbrokes, Ladbrokes Mates Mode. Ladbroker together this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. We're joined by Dan Cobby from Ladbrokes at 25 past 10. Dan, welcome back. Uh, let's just re-track exactly what what you've already delivered this morning for those people that maybe have caught uh, the Ladbrokes Lounge uh, maybe midway through a big day at Flemington today, Maccabi Diva Stakes. What's the market for that? Yep, perfect. Let's get through the Maccabi Diva in one second. I can just tell you about four minutes out from the Poseidon Stakes, best back runner is Alpha One and it has been one of the best back runners throughout the day, that being Alpha One in the upcoming race at Flemington. Let's get stuck into the Maccabi Diva though. On Thunderstruck, your race favourite. $2.45 has been a drifter. $2.35 it opened. Got into $2.20 yesterday, now out to $2.45. The big bets have been rolling through for On Thunderstruck despite being a drifter with Ladbrokes. The reason for that being is the support for Cascadian this morning. Six fifty into five dollars, really good interest for Cascadian for Godolphin, Blake Shin and James Cummings. Western Empire, the former WA Gallopers, are now out to six dollars fifty. We saw earlier interest in Alligator Blood and he remains solid around that five dollar mark on the equal second line. But Cascadian is best backed in the Mackay Diva Stakes. We then turn our attention to Rose Hill, where of course we do have the run to the Rose this week, which is of course the main traditional lead up into the Golden Rose in a few weeks' time. Best of Bordeaux is your race favourite at three dollars fifty. Has trimmed up a fraction as well. We've seen particular good interest though with In Secret down the bottom, the three-year-old filly with 54 kilos on her back, Barry Cummings, and of course Godolphin combined. We opened up at six dollars there. Was into four dollars sixty yesterday. The money has continued though around that nine a.m. quote this morning. Now into four dollars twenty. So particular interest in In Secret. We see the return of Fireburn, the Golden Slipper winner. There's not necessarily a great deal of support around for her. She. He's been solid around that $6.50 mark. Best of Ordo is your race favourite, but particularly interest here in In Secret. She's the market mover, now into $4.24, the run to the rose. OK, and just before we let you go with the latest update, you'll be back with the latest AFL update just before we close on the match today between Collingwood and Fremantle. Rate eight, uh, race 8 is the Farnley Stakes, a feature event at Belmont. The market there? Yeah, spot on. That's the, the best race today at Belmont for the, the local punters. It is the Farnley Stakes. Our favourite here is Resorman at $3.00. Uh, for Lane and Parnham, of course, a last start winner. But we have seen particular interest in number seven here. Fans are looking to get back into the winner's circle. Certainly the market mover, 390 into $3.30 today for Parnham and Genjimi. So really strong support for the second elect. And I think as we get closer to the Farnley Stakes, I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, who starts favouring this race and whether Fanta can fight for favouritism with Resort Man. Star Alliance been $7.50 and been solid at that quote basically since markets first went up. If I'm going to give you one at odds, it's Eeyore Ways, horse number five. We went up $19. 
has trimmed up basically at every call now into $13. So a little bit of a stronger move there at a quote, but Fanta is the market mover now at $3.30. Good stuff, Dan. Thanks for bringing us up to date with some big racing action around the country. We'll check in with you again in around about half an hour's time from Ladbrokes. Ladbrokes uh, mates mode, the better way to chat, share and bet this spring racing carnival. TNCs apply and available on the website. Call 1-800-858-858. We'll get into the waffle half hour. Ash, we're going to speak to Jeff Valentine because mm. it's all about Fremantle and of course their affiliate is Peel Thunder. They've got a lot of AFL listed players playing tomorrow against Indeed. South Fremantle uh, in the elimination final in the waffle. Speak to Jeff Valentine and also uh, I'll have a chat with Ashley Prescott before the hour's out as well, the coach of the Claremont Football Club. Ladies and gentlemen, from 1980, here's Shane Howard and Goanna who will be featuring at the AFL Grand Final at halftime. Do you like the song, Ash? Oh, I know you do. Yeah, the well, 19 year old disc jockey sitting there humming away. <laughs> and we'll get a bit of G flip up as well for you at 29 past 10 here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. That share and bet this spring carnival. T's and C's apply and available on the website. Call 1 800 858 858. Yes, SENWA, by the way, will broadcast East Fremantle versus Claremont. Today gets underway at East Fremantle Oval, known as New Choice Homes Park these days at 20 to 2. And tomorrow it is at the Fremantle Oval, Peel Thunder, uh, visitors to the South Fremantle Footy Club. And he's always a good man, always makes himself available, and I really appreciate it at short notice. Jeff Valentine, the coach of Peel Thunder, does join us. Uh, Jeff, a very good morning to you. Yeah, morning, Peter. Morning, Ash. Morning. Big day for the team in purple and a big day for their affiliates uh, tomorrow. Of course, they're a Lion Club, Peel Thunder. But firstly, uh, your thoughts on the big day today at the MCG. You must be getting excited. Yeah, they're looking forward to uh, to getting home and watching it. Um, yeah, no, the boys have had a, a good preparation. Um, yeah, no, just can't wait to uh, to watch watch the, the game unfold. Uh, Jeff, how are you feeling about tomorrow's clash? How's the team shaping up? I mean, it's always going to be a tough selection dilemma that you're going to have to make as far as the, having the Fremantle Dockers guys coming back in. But it sort of seems as though they've been there and pretty consistent for the year, a lot of them that are playing for, for Peel at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Ash. Yeah, look, the the boys that we've had, um, you know, have been wonderful, wonderful contributors right across the season. I think, you know, tomorrow, Trav Collier uh, might be the only fella who, who hasn't uh, technically qualified, but he's played the last sort of four games, five games maybe for us. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, look, it's it's been a, a you know really connected group um, all year and um, we sort of, sort of seem to be coming into some good form at the right time. Now, how many AFL-listed Dockers players do you have for the game tomorrow? Uh, there are reports you'll have, what, 13 available for the elimination final? Yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's 16 available, um, of which we'll, we'll play 13, 13 tomorrow. Actually, well, no, it's, it's 15. Um, sort of fit, Peel and Freeman will have a, you know, we have a sort of selection policy sort of in place that um, sort of enables some real transparency in selection and an opportunity for, for, for all involved. So, um, and, and in that sort of policy, we don't count um, Nate Wilson and, uh, and Ethan Hughes, who are, who are technically, you know, they're Peel um, fellows. They came through our development programs and Colts programs. So in, in that sort of policy, they, they don't count. So tomorrow we'll have sort of 15 Fremantle boys um, and three three lads will miss out. So uh, Jolie Weston, uh, Roy Benning and, and Seb Kuek will be the three that miss out this week. And Ethan Hughes, of course, over with the Fremantle Dockers at the moment uh, as uh, probably an emergency. If he doesn't play tonight, he's going to fly back in and represent Peel? Uh, look, depends on how it goes there, Ash. Yeah, if the, 
the plan is if if uh, they win, if Frio win tonight and there's a clean bill of health, um, yeah, Ethan will, will come home. Um, if they lose, he'll definitely come home. So, yeah, look, he's... Yeah, he's had a wonderful year and he's, his form is such that he's, you know, sort of in that mix of being sort of next man in. He might well be the medical sub tonight um, between him and Bailey Banfield, the other traveller there. So, um, but Bailey won't come back. He hasn't qualified for the final. So we figured there, there's no point sort of putting him on a sort of four, four hour flight and getting him back. But no, Hughes is really keen if, if the cards fall that way. Gee, it's a big call, isn't it? Uh, you'd have to fly out early tomorrow morning, uh, a four hour flight back, and then be ready to. Scrub up at twelve past ten or ten past twelve tomorrow because it's an early game. Yeah, yeah, but look, that's the way it goes, Pete. And you know, I guess with the Peel fellas and any country player, who will tell you that um, you know spending sort of three or four hours in a car or a couple of hours in the car to, to get to training to get to a game is, is just par for the course. So um, yeah, look, it's it's not ideal. You wouldn't do it every week, but no, look, he's he thinks he can do it, and um, yeah, look, he's a, a consummate professional there, and. Um, yeah, mate, it's, I suppose a bit like going from, from Bunbury to Perth and back a couple of times, maybe. Now, I was laughing the other day. I think it might have been Ben Howlett that mentioned it, um, but just asking about the general feeling in the camp and how everyone was sort of perceiving Peel. And he said, oh, let's face it, we're not anyone's second favourite team. We're far from and had a good laugh about it. But how are you sort of dealing with that mentality that uh, maybe some of the, the naysayers might be saying it's a little bit um, unfair having so many Peel, uh, Fremantle Dockers listed players? How do you approach that as a coach? Yeah, look, Ash, it's, it's literally just sort of white noise. It comes back to the old cliche. You, you, you control what you can control. You worry about what you can control. So, um, yeah, look, it's, we're, we're, we're no different. We're the same team we have been all year. You know, it's the old story that the noise wasn't around when we rolled out 13 players against South Fremantle in round six and they gave us a bit of a touch-up. Yeah. <laughs> the noise wasn't so yeah. so loud there. Yeah, no, look, it, it, it is what it is, you know. The reality is, you know, West Coast and Fremantle, you know, both make massive contributions to, to WA football and, you know, they're, they're good young fellas and they've got to play somewhere. So, um, no, look, that's that's the way it is. And for us, it's, it's, a, it's a case of just sort of making sure that we stay focused on, on you know, executing our role and, helping our teammates and, you know, those sorts of things and everything else can um, is just, like I say, just a little bit of white noise, Ash. Just on South Fremantle, of course, uh, last year they made it through to the grand final, didn't quite get the chocolates and ended up fourth uh, this year. What are you expecting from them tomorrow? Yeah, look, you're exactly right, Ash. You know you're getting a a really experienced, hardened, um, professional sort of outfit. You know, Sloyd, Subin. Dylan Maine, um, you know, Mason Shaw's hit some form now. So we look, we, we know their, their style. It, it sort of has evolved a little bit, but it's it's built around the contest. It's built around sort of repeat stoppages. And, um, and you know, it's a really sort of grinding sort of game. So, look, that, that's what we're setting ourselves for. And, look, our midfield has, has been in good order. You know, Lloyd Meek's been in, in great great form there. Um, you know, the backs are going well. So, yeah, look, we're, we're looking forward to, to, to matching them in that area. And hopefully we can... Um, you know, get our ball movement going and, and put a few goals on the scoreboard. Yeah, good stuff, Jeff. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I really do appreciate it. should be a beauty. The weather's going to be fantastic, and I'd expect yeah, a, a pretty decent crowd down there at Fremantle tomorrow, particularly on the back end if the Fremantle Dockers uh, have a win tonight. I'll tell you what the... Uh, and purple uh, is certainly the colour this weekend, uh, not only in Australia, but as I said to Ash, around the world with, of course, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. So uh, maybe it's uh, the weekend of the purple. We wish you the best of luck uh, and good luck tomorrow. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good, have a good day. Good on you. Jeff Valentine, the coach of uh, the uh, Peel Thunder Footy Club, giving us a bit of a snapshot. Ash, you've got to go. Uh, just before you go, your thoughts on the Maggies?
and the Dockers getting underway at I think it's uh, 25 past five our time today. I, I feel as though that this is Fremantle's year. I think they're going to go all the way to the grand final, whether or not they can win it this year. I'm not too sure yet. But like I said, Collingwood tonight is going to be one of their toughest matches. That's I, I just think like for like, their speed through the midfield, it's just going to be a hard-fought game and it's going to be a pretty bruising encounter. Um, but I think the Dockers will get it done. Okay, and the AFL has just confirmed that the Brownlow medal is moving to Sunday, September the 18th uh, to honour, of course, the mourning period for Queen Elizabeth II. So the Brownlow medal now is on a Sunday, September the 18th. Good on you, Ash. Lovely to see nice you. Nice to see you as well. We look forward to seeing you on uh, Channel 10 News tonight with all the latest stories. You do a good job. It's 20 to uh, 11 here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. Chat, share and bet this spring carnival. T's and C's apply and available on the website. Call 1800 858 858. Oh, I want to be out to lunch. Let's go, she don't me. Cause I would drink too much. I just want to get in a trouble. I want to be out to lunch. Let's go, she don't me. Cause I would drink, I would drink, I would drink too much. I'm feeling low. I like it actually. That's G Flip, who's going to be performing at halftime at the AFL Grand Final. Georgia Claire Flippo, known professionally as G Flip, Australian singer, songwriter, producer, drummer, and a musician from Melbourne. Uh, 27 years of age, and uh, that's uh, that's a nice catchy tune. So we look forward to seeing that at the uh, AFL Grand Final halftime. Just been announced, and of course, uh, also Goanna, the 1980s Australian band with uh, made famous that song "Solid Rock," will also be featured as well. All right, Aaron Finch, uh, the Australian captain, as we heard earlier, uh, the white ball captain and World Cup champion, announced his retirement from the ODI cricket, confirming that tomorrow's series finale against New Zealand. Cairns will be his last match in the 50-over format. Aaron Finch was on the Saturday Mowers Club, which is a program on 1170 SEN Sydney, and he was asked the question, why now? I think it was something that I've been thinking about for a little bit, and the other day it it sort of just came to me, and I I thought with... Well, my my original plan was to try and get through to the 2023 50-over World Cup, and when I figured that I... I wasn't going to get that far. I thought that this was a logical and, and the best decision for the team to move forward and give the new captain enough time and, and space to be able to um, to take the team in the direction that, that they wanted to. He was also asked about his captaincy and no doubt his passion for that position. Yeah, I feel as though my captaincy, well, at the moment, it, it feels like it's as good as it's ever been, to be honest, on, on, on field tactically, I mean. Uh, that's a part of the game that I just love. It's the, the preparation and the planning and, and all the conversations that you have about the what if this happens, what if that happens out on a oh, in a in a, in a meeting pre-game or uh, in the lead-up to an opposition, and just trying to find ways to implement the right strategy at the right time. And it's it's really cool. That's that's part of the game that I love the most. I think. Well, the 35-year-old played 145 ODI since making his international debut in 2011 and but will continue to lead the national T20 side, of course, the cash cow of world cricket. And he was asked whether he will join T20 leagues around the world. Oh, I think I, I owe it to my family to spend a little bit more time at home. But we'll wait and see. I mean, after the after this year's World Cup of... of 
signed up for the Renegade still, and um, I'm really excited about that. And, and we'll reassess after that, after we we have a little bit of a break, and might even find time to go on a holiday, uh, which would be nice. Yeah, well done, Aaron Finch. Uh, making a wise decision, I think, uh, in many ways. And uh, they'll announce that as Australia's new ODI captain in November, ahead of next year's World Cup in India. With Pat Cummins, they're talking about possibly even Steve Smith making uh, a return in a captaincy role. Or Alex Carey, uh, the wicketkeeper, among the leading contenders. So we'll have to wait and see what transpires there. 12 to 11 here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. Of course, Ladbrokes mates mode. Ladbroke are together this spring carnival. And, of course, gamble responsibly. Call one 800 158 158. It's great to have Ladbrokes on bowl involved with the Ladbrokes Lounge. It's heard every Saturday morning between 9 and 11. And Ash Nelson helped us out this morning. But next Saturday, between 9 and 11, we'll have a, a brand new co host. And you will hear her for the very first time here on the Ladbrokes Lounge. I'll give you details after I speak uh, to Dan Cobby for the final time from Ladbrokes. Dan, welcome back. Certainly been a, a nice introduction. Hope you've enjoyed your contribution and we look forward to keeping you involved in coming weeks. Yes, looking forward to it and uh, it's been great to be involved and hopefully duck over to Perth at some stage as well throughout the spring. It's an exciting time of year, of course, with footy finals, racing, and then, of course, we head into the Perth Carnival as well over the new year. So, Looking forward to that and great to be a part of it. Let's get stuck into tonight's market. Collingwood and Frio, the big one at the G. Melbourne is absolutely buzzing at the moment regarding this game. Collingwood are $1.55, Fremantle at $2.50. As some of the the, the listeners would have heard a little bit earlier on, we did have that $15,000 bet roll through for Collingwood in addition to two earlier bets for $10,000 each respectively. So weight of money certainly on Collingwood at this stage in terms of of the match betting a dollar fifty five now Collingwood after hitting a high of a dollar fifty seven a little bit earlier on in the week. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, as we mentioned, uh, you can really have a bit of fun with Lad Brokes. A lot of novelty bets as well. Maybe you can share a couple with us. For sure. So the line tonight is minus ten and a half for Collingwood, and that's an even money line as well. So of course you're getting plus ten and a half for Frio. So there is that little bit of interest for Fremantle at that plus ten and a half to suggest that it will be a tight match. But as I said, the weight of money for the match betting has necessarily been with Collingwood. So ten and a half the line for tonight's match. The winning margin for Collingwood to win by one to thirty nine. There's certainly been interest here at two dollars oh five. And then the total points line at 148.5. So there's been particular interest here in multis, in particular same-game multis, in over 48.5. So pundits think that it'll certainly be a high-scoring match, that being at $1.88, over 148. So you're looking at total points, 148.5, and the line for the match at 10.5 if you're interested in playing some markets around just the match betting. If we do have a, a quick chance, I'll just quickly run through the premiership market. Yes. Of course, the longer favourites at $2.10. Sydney Swans, $3. Brisbane, after their win last night, are now $8. And, of course, these next two will change after tonight's match. Collingwood are a $9 chance to win the flag. Fremantle at $17. But, of course, after tonight's match, around 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 
there will only be four left. Yeah, and of course, lad brokes have got uh, the opportunity to get involved with a number of sports. Of course, there's no uh, English Premier League tonight because uh, of the mourning period for Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, the fixtures right across the UK have been uh, postponed for this weekend. Can I ask you without notice, we've got the US Open uh, Women's Singles Final in the early hours of tomorrow morning. And I gather lad brokes that have a market on that as well. We certainly do. Favourite is Eagles Rear Attack at $1.53 on Zoba at $2.50. That's the way it's, uh, it's lining up in terms of fluctuations. Um, low flux now for the favourite is, in fact, the $1.48. So now $1.53 for Shreer Tech. Did hit a low of $1.48. So it has been, a, I guess, a marginal drifter. We did open up uh, at $2.60 for the outsider now into $2.50. So there's been a, a little bit of change, but it's certainly the changing of the guard in regards to uh, the women's singles. And, and not only that, I guess in the men's singles as well, there's plenty of action in regards to tennis. We've seen dominant forces throughout recent years and I guess uh, over the last couple of decades in regards to a handful of players, but it's certainly the changing of the guard in the men's and the women's game. Good stuff, Dan. Really enjoyed engaging with you uh, on behalf of Ladbrokes. And we'll do it again next Saturday morning here on SENWA. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be great uh, throughout the spring. It's an exciting couple of months coming up. Very much. Uh, Dan Cobby there uh, from Ladbrokes. Of course, Ladbrokes Mates Mode. The better way to chat, share and bet this spring carnival. TNC's apply and available on the website. Call 1-800-858-858. Speaking of uh, the uh, tennis... Uh, just a brilliant point was just played between Tiafo and Alcarez. Uh, Tiafo holding serve. He was uh, serving to stay in the match, basically. Uh, and it is five all in the third set uh, with Tiafo taking the first set tiebreaker 7 6. Alcarez then took the next two sets 6 3 6 1. And now it is Alcarez leading by five games to four. In fact, it is Juice with Tiafo trying to stay in the match. Juice at the moment has now got the ad in uh, to maybe make it five all. So a gripping uh, semi-final and the Americans certainly getting behind Francis Tiafo there at Arthur Ashe Stadium and could be the first Afro-American actually to get to US Open Final men's final since Arthur Ashe, I think, did it for memory back in about 1984. So a lot of the Afro-American community and the Americans generally behind Francis Tiafo, the number 22 seeded player at this year's US Open, his home Grand Slam, and he's just held. So it's five all in the fourth, and they are up and going. The 24,000 people there at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and just repeating, uh, we look forward to your coverage. You can catch on SENWA full coverage of the big one tonight. 5.25 it gets underway. Collingwood against the Fremantle Dockers. Thanks to Ash Medhurst. Ash Nelson for joining us. Nat Medhurst is going to be joining us next Saturday morning here on the Tab Touch Lounge. Nat Medhurst, who is, uh, as we know, an absolute outstanding sports people, a very celebrated career, uh, a retired Australian international netball player, as well as played for several clubs in Australia's domestic competitions, including the West Coast Fever. She's going to join us next Saturday. Thanks, Paul Heater Heater, for your producing.